the incomparable. Number 553, February 2021. Welcome back, everybody, to The Incomparable, a podcast in which things are drafted. And in this episode, we're drafting... Let me explain myself. We're drafting Best Picture winners, but not in a good way, in a bad way. We're going to draft films that shouldn't have been the Best Picture. In fact, films we might even argue aren't that good and replace them in our canon with films that are better than that. Yes, we're just being kind of mean and throwing throwing the Oscars aside because we think we know better. Um, because we do. Let me explain uh, how this is going to work. I'm, uh, I'm going to introduce people as selected by random.org, and that's the order in which they will pick in the bad best picture draft. Moises Chuyan will get to pick first. Hello, Moises. I'm the king of the worst. <laughs> you get to go first. Random.org finally likes you. I think you were on a bad run with them, but now you are, are in their good graces. Monty Ashley will pick second. Ooh. Well, hello there. Well, hello. <laughs> uh, host of Lions, Towers, and Shields on this very network, Shelley Brisbane will pick third. I'd like to thank the Academy and also God. <laughs> uh, David J. Lore will pick fourth. You like me. You really like me. Mm, well, random.org mm. anyway. <laughs> Lisa Schmeiser will pick fifth. It's an honor just to be included. <laughs> <laughs> Stephen Schapansky will pick sixth. Life is like a box of best pictures. You never know what you're going to get. Boy, that is true. That is really, mm. that's one to, hmm. Uh, you get one, chocolates, mostly. One to think about. Very philosophical. Brian Hamilton will pick after Stephen. He's way down in the order now. I'm not going to mention the numbers. Hi, Brian. Uh, sadly, it is actually Moonlight who is next in the uh, list. Please check your card again. Oh, it's not La La Land? I thought I thought it was La La Land. Oh, well. Nope. Ooh, uh, nice then, reference. Uh, by process of elimination, it's Philip Michaels. Hello. You know, George C. Scott is right. This is a goddamn meat market, and I refuse <laughs> to take part in it. <laughs> <laughs> and as, the, as your host, I <sighs> will pick last. So uh, let's get it started. Moises, uh, what best picture winner are you going to cancel and then uh and tell us why and then tell us what you're going to replace it with well jason your wording is perfect for this one um because i I know that you know there are grudges that could be uh settled against movies that may not necessarily be bad but i mean that's what, what round two is for um this is a movie that people will often say, well, but it is a well-made movie. And well, the story of this movie is such that, I mean, you just you just have to give it some credit. Um, but unfortunately for it, um, not only is it uh, a, a gigantically racist pile of garbage, mm. um, <gasps> but it is also from the greatest year of movies, 1939. Oh, look at you. I know where you're going. And, and this was on my list, Shelley too. Shelly and I are both like, yep. losing our minds with George. It was on my list, too, because it, 1939 indeed was the greatest movie year of all time. I just want to say, though, that I love the last refuge of the defender of something to say, well... It is a well-made movie. I love that because people do say that. <laughs> and, and it's like it's a well-made movie of its time. But it's of its time. But it's so Has well-made. Has he said the name of the movie yet? No, I haven't said the movie. Okay, Moises, we know it's coming. I haven't said the cursed name of Gone with the Wind. There it is. Uh, which had three directors. Um, 
Oh, well, it's yes, long it enough for a, long enough for it, three directors. It, honestly, yeah, each director does an hour and a half. It's fine. Such a memorable uh, uh, tune. Uh, such a memorable um, history of uh, apologism for uh, Southern uh, betrayal and and traitorous uh, action. Um, the movie's just it. It is not that good. Um, the best thing that I can say for it is that it inspired one of the greatest Carol Burnett show sketches of all time. <laughs> yes. Agree. Um, <laughs> I, I was going to say, so I had this on my list, and the, the phrase that I was going to use was kind of a snooze, honestly. I I, mm-hmm. I, I find it really dull and boring and not just not interesting. I appreciate it, I guess, because it's so famous and the highest grossing movie of all time adjust, adjusted for the price of a ticket or whatever, but like, I, I think it's, it's dull. So I grew up in the South and this was basically enshrined as, as canon down there. And I actually did read Margaret Mitchell's Gone with the Wind and watch the movie in tandem as a, as a nerdy middle schooler. Because it's not like I had friends to take my time up. <laughs> <laughs> and what's really interesting like now is to look back and see what the filmmakers chose to amplify and include versus mm-hmm. what they chose to play down. And um, I will say I didn't appreciate how profoundly racist. <laughs> I mean, like, you know, the movie is racist. I didn't realize like how specific the agenda was until I watched it with Phil and he witnessed it for the first time in his 40s as a person born and raised in the West Coast. And so watching Phil watch the movie was like getting a whole new understanding of just how terrible a film it is. <laughs> like, there's no amount of spectacle that can excuse that film. Mm-hmm. As a lover of cinema, people go, you didn't you didn't watch Gone with the Wind and, and, until you were in your 40s? No, I didn't have a week to, to block out. <laughs> yeah. It's a little long. That's what he's saying. A little long. The thing that helped Gone with the Wind um, continue to make Warner Brothers so much money and, and its uh, previous owner um, was the advent of home video. And it is one of various movies that uh, at a certain point during the DVD and Blu-ray boom, um, they issued they issued a, a version of that is the size of an uh, the oversized Whitman sampler box of chocolates that's covered in velvet and it's a it's a velvet covered chocolate box of crap um, <laughs> that I, I just I it, it, as as a monument uh, in consumerism to the legacy of a movie that is just incredibly bad in so many ways uh, societally and and in the history of cinema. Um, it is something that I was sent for review and I gladly accepted it and uh, have refused to like take it to a, a used bookstore or something and sell back uh, because at some point I think I just want to throw it on a fire uh, and burn it. I think most people have not seen this movie and it's just MGM constantly shoving it into that's entertainment style specials yeah. or great movie mm-hmm. rides willy nilly yeah. that make people think, oh, it must be big and important. I know that big line at the end. Well, after you get to the fifth hour, it is very impressive that the movie finally does end. Um, <laughs> here's the here, so so okay. Gone with the wind. Frankly, my dear, we I'm a misogynist. We don't like it, and that's fine. This is not a this is not a real shocker of a pick. Here's what I'm fascinated by. Moise says by picking it, you also get to pick a replacement. And as you said, 1939. Really, when you. W- I I was reading um, a few years ago, my mom was born in 1939, and, and I was reading an article about 1939 that said, here are the movies that came out in 1939. And it really is one of those, oh my God, moments, the number yeah. of amazing movies 
that were released in 1939, in addition to the highest grossing movie of all time, et cetera, et cetera. So Moises, you get to choose a replacement. What's your replacement choice? Well, Jason, I could have gone the route of picking something from 1939 because I had that freedom. You left the, the rules open that wide. What what a barn door. But I picked one of the other nominees. One of the other nominees. That's right. You could have picked literally anything from 1939. But if you want to pick Hound of the Baskervilles or Tarzan Finds a Son, you could do that. I pick Scarlet, the CBS miniseries. <laughs> uh, oh, I did I did I did give some thought to to those those non-nominee picks but but I absolutely uh stuck with another nominee for best picture okay. um because The Wizard of Oz was also up for best picture in 1939 and it absolutely deserves it. All right. Now that I I'll go with that. Uh Mr. Smith goes to Washington also in 1939. Ninoshka. Uh, yeah, of Mice Mr. and Men, nineteen thirty nine. Little Stage film coach. called Stagecoach Stage only coach. invented the Western yeah. dialogue for good and for ill. And if we go off the list, I'll just say a movie that I watched last year for the first time that I really liked, Midnight, with Donna yeah. Michi <laughs> yeah. and Claudette Colbert. That's yeah. a good movie too. Nineteen thirty nine. Another one. Never heard of it. I, imagine mm. <laughs> if Midnight had been had been, had won Best Picture, and we were now going. What were they? Th- I mean, did you see the rest? I mean, it was good. It was okay. <laughs> but did you see everything else? <laughs> All right, uh, 1939 is taken off the board. Uh, well done, well played. Monty, it's your turn. What are you going to uh, cancel? Dustin Hoffman in Rain Man is outright offensive. Yes! Thank you. Crossing that off the <laughs> At the time, everyone was like, ooh, look at him, he's acting so hard. Watch that movie now that we have some idea of autism, mm, and yeah. oh my God. God, it's horrible to watch. <laughs> Does not age well. Nope. I think this is going to be a recurring theme in this, is the movies that don't age well. It's the simple jack of, of, of neurodivergence. And I think it's interesting, <laughs> when Rain Man came out, everyone was like, oh, Tom Cruise is holding his own with Dustin Hoffman. Just for the record. <laughs> not hard to do in that movie. <laughs> Dustin Hoffman's previous movie was Ishtar, <laughs> and he was two years out from making Dick Tracy. Meanwhile, so Dustin was going through some stuff is what was, I'm hearing yeah, from you. That was rough. Yeah. And Tom Cruise was on a run that was Top Gun, Color of Money, Cocktail, Rain Man, Born on the Fourth of July, Days of Thunder. Yeah. So, yeah, he held his own with Dustin Hoffman. Man, Rain Man is just gross to watch. I do not recommend watching it now. I'm taking its best picture away. Okay, good. It's very, very bad. And someone, as someone who grew up with an autistic younger sibling... Um, I utterly hated it and reviled it because it was always somebody's example of, oh, I know what autism is. Right. I saw this dumb oh, movie. Like yeah. Rain Man. Uh, yeah. So I am, you know, If you the drop toothpicks on the Rain floor, Man. does he yeah, count them? Does, does your uh, son count toothpicks? Yeah. Hilarious. No, no, he does not. Thank oh, you. Yeah. It's like if people thought Austin Powers was a documentary is the degree <laughs> to which you get Rain Man quotes. <laughs> the, the, the thing that was hilarious is that my younger brother found the movie utterly uh it was the greatest farce he had ever seen. Oh. <laughs> um, he 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 found it was it was so bad it was entertaining to him, and so he would watch it, and it became one of his fixations that he would rewatch particularly bad scenes, and they're none of the ones that people quote. <laughs> I, um, I really love this story. So so what you're saying is Rain Man serves some greater good. It's the greatest <laughs> comedy ever released yeah. for one person. <laughs> look look, everybody's every movie is somebody's favorite movie probably i guess I, it sounded very more very profound but i don't know if it's actually mm-hmm. true or not okay monty yes. what movie from 1988 are you choosing to replace rain man as best picture 
Well, when I looked at the nominees, my first thought was obviously Dangerous Liaisons, a great movie, my favorite movie from that year. But the best picture of that year, Rain Man was number one at the box office. Number two was Who Framed Roger Rabbit. And I think we would be way better off as a culture if we could admit that Who Framed Roger Rabbit was the best picture of that year. <laughs> masterful, <laughs> masterful choice. Yeah. I love it. I, I, I believe you mispronounced A Fish Called Wanda, but that's all. <laughs> <laughs> Does A Fish Called Wanda have its own Disneyland land? Wow, those are both in the same year. I, I, that's impressive. No, that is you a need to pronounce it in French like Kevin Klein. It, it, I mean, clearly the answer is Die Hard, but that's okay. No, 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 no. Fish called Wanda. I don't get to pick. Monty picked. He picked Who I Framed picked, Roger Rabbit. I picked, and it's Who Framed Roger Rabbit, a brilliant well film noir that also does the best job of combining animation and live action because it lets the animation be cartoony instead of what Robert Zemeckis would later do, which is just camp in the uncanny valley and say come on down folks <laughs> which brings and, me and to like, question to, to pose you know what would robert zemeckis's career have been like if he'd had that to lord over hollywood yeah <laughs> he'd probably have made some real weird movies <laughs> <laughs> shelly it's your choice i find myself with a dilemma because my one one pick is just filmmaking that i don't like that kept other good pictures from getting an award. And the other one follows the theme so far this evening, which is contempt. And I, I'm having trouble deciding whether to go with contempt or just bad cinema. So I guess I'll go with contempt because, you know, I like to follow. So let's, Great. let's yes. go, let's go with uh, Vincent Minnelli's Gigi from 1958. Yes. Because, mm. oh my God, Maurice, Maurice Chevalier Creepy Ugh. as all hell with his thank heaven for little girls. And the mm -hmm. rest of the movie is pretty much people showing the extravagance of the studio budget that they were given. And I, I like Minnelli. I enjoy a, a pretty movie. But I, there's there's no interest in the plot. The songs are bad. Maurice Chevalier can't sing. Also, did I mention that he's super creepy? And, and yeah, so that, that Gigi from 1958. You don't like the touching story of a little girl learning to be a prostitute? <laughs> uh, you know, I mean, I'm all for career choices, but... Uh... <laughs> I will I will replace it with a Stanley Kramer's The Defiant Ones, which yes. is Tony Curtis and Sidney Poitier, uh, who are convicts who are handcuffed together for most of the meeting, meet, uh, for most of the movie. And oh, by the way, Tony Curtis, virulent racist. And yeah, it's a really good movie. It's probably one of Stanley Kramer's better movies. He made a lot of message pictures. Some people find them a little bit too messagey or too preachy, and I can argue with you about that, but this movie is not that. And Sidney Poitier gets to be a fully realized character who's actually right for the entire movie, and Tony Curtis gets to be a virulent racist who does a pretty good job with that performance. I was going to pitch anti-mame on the grounds that <laughs> it's a good I was looking at the role list, model you know? for young ladies. <laughs> <laughs> and one of the few good adaptations of MAME. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's that's true. Good point. <laughs> Rosalind Russell isn't putting up with any of Maurice Chevalier's nonsense, I'll tell you that. 100%. All right. I, I now am, am thinking that this group should be put in charge of the Guardian of Forever. We're going to take over. We're going to fix a lot of things, right a lot of wrongs. <laughs> David, um, no no pressure. <laughs> oh, what do you have? Oh, please. I I have so many films on my list and 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 you know but at least half of them I hate which is great. Um so but you know the one the one that I hate the most is still on the board. 
So I am going to go back to 1994. Oh, good. Because Forrest <laughs> Gump can bite me. You got it. Good. God. <laughs> so I, I am surprised to hear that here, and I'm excited for it. I mean, a good night and a bad night for Robert Zemeckis, it turns out. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it is a sentimental piece of garbage. Just stop it. Oh, my God. God, um, and you know, I don't. I don't passionately hate a lot of films. I passionately hate Forrest Gump, um, and all four of the movies that were up against it that year, I think, are better movies. And the funeral, and a funeral. <laughs> that was a, that uh, a reference. Anyway, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, are are all of the films that that were up against it great movies? No, but they're better movies than Forrest Gump. Uh, you know, one of them Pretty is good. just they, light. They certainly hold up better. They definitely hold up better. Who watches, who watches Forrest Gump now these days and isn't like embarrassed for mm. half of the people? Yeah. With Forrest Gump mm-hmm. basically says the pop culture and everything 30 years ago was great. And that meant people lauded <sighs> it and made it best picture, completely missing the great art that was happening around them. Yes. Of the moment that they could. Also I like when supported. people made pop culture for me, and I felt cool and relevant. And I like this soundtrack because I have heard all the songs ten million times. And and again, it's a portrait of somebody with a kind of an intellectual disability, made mm-hmm. made yeah. into to some sort of a, you know, a magical uh, avatar. And 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 I'll t- I will say that I also have a sibling with an intellectual disability, and the 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 best portrayal of of that in movies is What's Eating Gilbert Grape. Yeah. Forrest Gump, my mother loves that movie because <laughs> for the reasons that a lot of people love that movie. And I was like, but you're... But the, you're da, da. Mm-hmm. Anyway, I so that's the reason that I've always hated it. Can we also talk about the casting where Sally Field went from being Tom Hanks' <laughs> love interest in Punchline to being his mother? In this... I know. What is oh, wrong Oh, it's so gross. That? It's so icky. It's, it's her it's fault for aging. To look at. <laughs> and not being a dude. That's right. Dudes still get to date younger people I mean, when they're this, older. This, Lisa, read your rule book. I, mean, I will say, this you look at Punchline, all of the worst self-satisfied impulses in like soft rock, contemporary <laughs> khaki wearing culture. Like it just codifies all of that deeply mediocre, unremarkable, wow. self-congratulatory. The horse is dead rain man (laughs) is bad but this is rain man taken on like the magical mystery tour of 30 to 40 years of pop culture it's fantasy fantasy rain Rain man Man gone to the hard rock it's the magical autistic person or the magical person with intellectual disability and every choice is so on the nose it's painful the music mm. is on the nose. The outfits are on the nose. The events are on the nose. Just the special effects oh, look terrible. God. And the whole narrative is, oh, you shouldn't let systematic dis- discrimination and lack of opportunity get you down because it'll all work out anyway. So no one has to worry. It's- this is one of the the many cases of Forrest Gump winning most popular kid at the prom mm. picture. Yeah. Yeah. Why do they Photoshop well, him into Carrie too? Well, and this <laughs> <laughs> for years I called this movie "Stupid Zelig" because that's what it is. It, yeah, I was going to say <laughs> it is. If you want to see a good use of of old footage integrated in, Zelig is a much better example of that. Yeah, Dead Man Don't Wear Plaid. Oh, well, yeah, that's, that would be yeah. <laughs> 
So, I watched it. David, no. what movie from 1994 are you replacing? You've 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 removed Forrest <laughs> Gump's Oscar. It's gone. You get to give it to someone else. Who's it going to be? Robert Zemeckis again. Sometimes it's a feast. Sometimes it's a famine. Uh, who gets Forrest Gump's Oscar? Usually, it's a famine. Um, mm. So I I stuck to the other nominees. I that I kind of made that you know that was my yeah. thing. You don't have and, to, but you can. You don't have to. No, no, no. But there's a reason why some of these were chosen. And yeah, Four Weddings and a Funeral, it's a fun movie. Eh, it's fine. Quiz Show, really good historical drama. Shawshank Redemption, I get why people love it. I'm going to go with Pulp Fiction because that actually influenced a lot of the pop culture ever since 1994. Yeah, not for the not for the first time, I think the Oscars decide to look back at what was great as opposed to put the, you know, put the the uh, their finger on where Hollywood was going, and many times, most of my list actually is probably instances <laughs> where that happened. And I can't, I can't say that I love Tarantino. I have, I have issues with a lot of his movies. I, I, I don't even know that I love Pulp Fiction a hundred percent all the way through, but it exploded like a lightning bolt. You couldn't not pay attention to it, and I have watched that film at least ten times. I. You couldn't pay me to sit through Forrest Gump again. <laughs> I find something new in I, Pulp Fiction I, every time. I, I had All Forrest right. Gump on my list, uh, uh, so I guess the, this counts as a snipe. <laughs> but I, I would have replaced it with uh, with Quiz Show, so would which I, I think success, successfully predicted the next 25 years of public life and how yeah. people would respond to <laughs> scandal and uh, what would happen to people uh, who uh, pulled a con over over society's eyes. Spoiler alert, nothing will happen <laughs> to them. They'll keep their money. Yeah. Luckily, none of that terrible stuff happened in the real world, right? I, I, think, I think it's a great pick. I understand it completely. I, I'm also not a fan of Pulp Fiction. Um, I, I feel like my Tarantino um, appreciation sort of began and ended with Reservoir Dogs, but um, but it is so influential that I can totally see the the pick, even though I emotionally am more attached to Shawshank and Four Weddings, really. Mm-hmm. And I think Quiz Show is probably a better made movie, but not an influential movie like Pulp Fiction. So yeah, on that it. same note, I can at least appreciate it. I can at least appreciate Pulp Fiction for being emblematic of the indie boom of the time and and marking that period in in cinema history. And it it changed so many you know forms of narrative and ways of shooting f- film. Where Quiz Show is a beautifully made conventional film it's great it's i prefer it as a movie oh lisa yes we i was about to say it's in the category that i call the king's speech category which is finely made you know professionally made film that wouldn't be (laughs) um you know what you wouldn't be surprised to see on the bbc basically it's like oh yes a well-made professional adult film great not an adult film you know it's very anyway good no, I know. I, I choose to take the other. Okay, that's yeah, good. Boy, you won't believe what happens in the third act of Quiz Show. Robert Redford. <laughs> All right, time for a brief break so I can tell you about our sponsor, and then we'll get back to uh, ruining Oscars, fixing, sorry, fixing Oscars of the past. But I want to tell you about our sponsor. It is Inside the Breakthrough. It's a podcast, it's a new history of science podcast. It's full of all sorts of did you know stuff. Like, did you know that the British thought they had polio wiped out in the late 1800s, but it came back with a vengeance in America in the 1950s? Inside the Breakthrough explores the ideas of that eureka moment. 
historical wisdom and modern insight. It's a history show and a science show, and it's also kind of funny, lighthearted. Host Dan Riskin is not a stranger to comedy. He appeared on late-night talk shows like The Late Late Show. If you're intrigued by science and discovery or maybe just want to have some fun, new stuff to talk about over dinner, this show could do it for you. Maybe you want to know stuff like, who brought the first elephant to England? Or the episode I listened to, does snake oil actually contain snakes? Now, on the surface, the show's a collection of fun, surprising stories, but Dan Riskin is digging deeper, too. He's connecting those stories to what modern-day medical researchers are facing. I did listen to one of these episodes about snake oil. It was a lot of fun, incredibly well-produced, a good script, uh, good sound effects and music and stuff it's just it is a fun short enjoyable science podcast uh lots of fun to listen to uh the past the history and the present day so uh, definitely check it out and you will find out what's in snake oil Um, there's lots of interesting stuff in snake oil search for inside the breakthrough anywhere you listen to podcasts and there'll be a link in the show notes of course thank you to inside the breakthrough for supporting the incomparable Let's move on to Lisa. Lisa, it's ah. your choice. What uh, what uh, Oscar winner are you erasing? So I'm. You guys all know about my my animus against child actors, right? Oh yes. <laughs> nope. Go on. Never comes up. Bring it on. <laughs> Bring it on. <laughs> Tell us all about it. Take your time. Oh, it comes up constantly. <laughs> no, I. <laughs> I think it's on my list. <laughs> I I don't like child actors. It's nothing against them as people. I, I it's think- entirely against them as people. <laughs> She's a monster. Note to self: Good idea to have your spouse on a podcast. <laughs> it is. They may fact check everything. Um, so keeping this in mind, um, that is only the, the, the child actors are only the second most disturbing thing about the best picture. I would cheerfully wipe off the map. The first most disturbing thing is Oliver Reed, somebody who looks like you can't put him next to an open flame either because of sebaceous overproduction or alcohol fumes. And it is with that I say goodbye, Oliver. Yes. Go. Second thing emotion. Get out. I hate your casting. I hate your cheeky urchins. I hate the stupid conceit with the painting where the orphan gets discovered because of the Margaret Keenby eye painting. I hate the costumes. I hate the whole story. I hate how any of the innocence and sweetness and soul of the actual Charles Dickens work has been reduced to a bunch of hackneyed, out of touch, loud, empty numbers. I go, go. Your time is done. Ooh. Oh, I, it's unwatchable. I, uh, the thing I uh, adore about Oliver winning the Oscar <laughs> as the best picture of 1968 is 1968. Some, some, somewhat, somewhat of an eventful year. What with In assassinations film. and and unrest, uh, riots and mm-hmm. unrest and social upheaval. And the Academy Award goes, and the the, the Motion Picture Academy is all. What film best symbolizes this year? I'm singing kids. Give it to the singing kids. I think the reason they did it is they're like, okay, this film is is vaguely British, so that means it's classy, and this film is comforting, and it doesn't challenge anything, and it's about a nice little boy who ends up in a nice middle class house, and the people who have a communal living situation are all arrested or killed off screen. So it's just... Now, uh, Lisa, I think I know what you're going to choose, but uh, tell us, what is the replacement for Oliver? Choose wisely. Choose wisely here. You sniped a few people. We'll be upset. (laughs) 
<laughs> so what I would, if it were any film made in 1968, mm-hmm. um, and we're not restricting ourselves yes. to best picture, if it were any film, I would pick 2001, A Space Thank Odyssey. Thank you. Yay. Because it really, it blew the doors off filmmaking in a great way. I mean, just visually, it's stunning. Um, I'm not a huge fan of Kubrick at all, but I can admire the way that he set up and maintained a pristine and coherent visual vocabulary for the movie. I like that he was not afraid to make a movie that has you going, what the actual what? Through like the last 15 minutes. Um, The scene where they shut down Hal breaks my heart every time. It's so sad. I feel bad for poor Hal. Um, And it's just, it's a movie that feels very simultaneously both very of that period and yet intensely classic and timeless. How about Stanley Kubrick doing a children's movie? Would you like that? (laughs) (laughs) With child actors. Wow. (laughs) We could have Stanley Kubrick doing Oliver. I'd see that (laughs) Oh man, I would watch the Clockwork Orange Jr. Let's do Kira it. Delia out as, as Bill Sykes. Yes, there we go. <laughs> but if we are restricting ourselves to Best Picture nominees, the answer is obviously The Lion in Winter. Sure. Yeah, yes. I, fi- mm-hmm. I figured that that would be your choice of that. Because that's like my favorite family. I would Christmas hang you movie. from the nipples, but you'd shock the children. The children. <laughs> Lisa, I, I, I love you more than almost anyone else on this podcast, but. <laughs> I would have to say that um, Once Upon a Time in the West, the greatest Western ever made by the greatest Western director ever made, also came out that year and probably should have won an award. Well, you know, it's too bad I took that year and you couldn't pick it because yeah. it's Line of Winter. Yeah, it's a little bit bad. <laughs> it's too bad. It's random.org. Blame <laughs> random.org. It's, it's, it's fantastic performances from Anthony Hopkins and Peter O'Toole. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yes, I, I, guess, I guess Henry Fonda just sucks to you. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, Stephen, it's your choice now. Oh, I had real anger queued up for uh, 1968 and 1994, and um, man, I could—I mean, I could also just be petty as well. But uh, like, oh, this is tough. Um, we, we did it. There's only the five. All the other best uh, pictures were great. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> what a lie. I, I feel like my tastes lie, lie in New Hollywood uh, and and beyond. I think so. Looking through this, boy, I could go with the obvious. There, there's there's even one that I'm angry about, but I've never actually seen the movie that won, nor the movie that fair. I would vote to replace it. So I feel like others could argue that for me. Um, I'll tell you what, I'm going to go with 1975 and One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest, which is... Uh, thank you. Whoa. Whoa. <laughs> thank <dangerous>. you. <laughs> what, Whoa. One of only three films to sweep the top five Oscars, um, along with What Happened One Night and uh, Silence in the Lambs, uh, which I watched and thought, okay, this is, I mean, kind of in keeping with Forrest Gump and Brain Man, maybe some of the performances and characters maybe haven't quite aged as well uh, as it perhaps should have. Um, I've only seen it the one time and I thought, this is okay, but I am not as impressed as I thought I would be. Certainly not as impressed as I was when I saw what should have been the real Best Picture winner, unless people want to speak up for uh, over the One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. Nope. I, I do. It's, it's a, a great movie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's really good. Okay. <laughs> I didn't realize Canada was declaring war tonight. Fantastic <laughs> oh, yeah. performances. Uh, deserved many of its Oscars. Yeah, it didn't work for me that well either. Precious Baby Danny DeVito? <laughs> yes, Precious Baby Dad, Christopher Lloyd and all that. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, but I tell you, I think the, the greatest film of that year and one of the great films of all time is from 1975 as well. 
little film starring Al Pacino called Dog Day Afternoon. Oh, it is, that is such yep. a movie. <laughs> a so, tremendous movie. <laughs> I upset. think Phil is having a good No, I was, take, I was literally taking a sip of bourbon while you said that. So you not only take away... That was a pretty long sip, Phil. Yeah, well, it's I, bourbon. I, I, it's the only way I'm getting through this, pal. Come on. The, not only do you take away One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest, well-deserved Oscar, you say, not Jaws. Oh, nope. not Jaws. Nope. Not Jaws. Nope. Not Jaws. No, no. Uh, this film, it's okay. Al Pacino, here you go. Take your Oscar. <laughs> You're not well recognized. Yeah. Al, he should have won an Oscar for that. And he never got, he only, won, he only finally won one in 1992 and, you know, think, oh, well, you yelled a lot. <laughs> you know, there you go. We we should have given you like eight before this, but there, the worst performance you made and that's when you get your Oscar. He is superb in Dog Day Afternoon. Um, There's that scene where he's like, um phoning both his mother and then uh, Chris Sarandon's character. And it's all basically done in one take. Uh, they had to get like a special film camera to like have a additional film on it or something like so they could actually catch more of that take on one reel of film and they could possibly do it. He is superb in that. John Cazale is is excellent. Oh, uh, I love that scene. Yeah, you know, where would yeah. you want to go? Anywhere in the world. And he goes, you know, Wyoming, because <laughs> that's, that's the most magical place you can think of. There's no music score in that movie at all, apart from the opening song that's being played on the car radio. Uh, it's directed well. I thought Charles Durning is really good. Um, yeah, it's it's just, it's it's so tense and exciting, and you really start to feel for Al Pacino by the end of it. And um, yeah, I watch, I watch it once every couple of years, and uh, I feel it was robbed, so I'm picking that one. Oh, controversy from Canada now. Controversy. Oh, yeah. I'm I'm still shaking my head, but at least it's an alt universe pick, and not, you know, uh, picking something from 1975 that that's truly offensive, like Barry Lyndon. You heard me, Kubrick. <laughs> oh, I would have done it. I would have picked Barry pick Lyndon. The pace. I love Barry Lyndon. I mean, Barry yeah, Lyndon I, I is a movie that answers the question: What if a painting was 187 minutes long? Yes, <laughs> that's absolutely true. Well put. <laughs> I got a new television. Maybe I'll start appreciating this movie. Maybe, maybe. All right, uh, let's move on to Brian. Brian Hamilton, what movie are you going to cancel? Uh, all right, hang on. Let me frame my microphone like Tom Hooper framed Colin Firth. <laughs> oh, there you go. Okay. It's 2010, and this guy is the king, and it's the king's speech. I loathed this movie the first time I saw it. I've seen it once. I have no interest in seeing it again. Like Jason said, competently made question mark yeah. totally fine BBC TV movie yeah BBC yeah. TV movie if you came home on a sat on a Sunday night after a rainy day out and turned on the TV you'd say oh this is comfortable yeah this is comfortable if Tom Hooper could freaking center a camera um, and I <laughs> you, you loathed it the first time you saw it I don't often make predictions but I guarantee the second time You'll loathe it even more. Brian, I'm the, sure I will. The specificity of your hate just delights me. <laughs> just like it's, it's just it's the the framing of the shots. It, it, oh, all the, oh my for, god! For God's sake, sir, frame your shots better. Brian, would you like it better if they were in digital cat outfits? <laughs> yes, digital fur technology. I'm angry that this movie catapulted Tom Hooper into Hollywood stardom to make Les Mis, which was fun. Question mark? It wasn't. And then cats. Exclamation no, point. <laughs> like, The King's Speech is a movie so undynamic, that is the last thing that should make you go, you know what this guy needs to get the reins of? One of the great musicals, musicals of all time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't call The King's Speech cinematic 
in any way other than no. li- like literally it was shown in cinema. It was shot with a movie camera. Yeah. <laughs> Otherwise, <laughs> and again, I don't I don't hate the King's Speech at all, but and I remember very distinctly Phil saw it and his review to me was exactly what Brian said and exactly what I said is it is a competently produced thing, but then it gets nominated for, and wins the Oscar and you're like, really? I'm like, still mad we got a babysitter it's to a go BBC see. It's about a kid. Oh, <laughs> really? We wasted like an entire babysitter in a dinner no, and a that, movie That's night on not that. a movie Ugh. you need to see in a movie oh. theater. Let's just no. put it that way. That was the thing that we were just Good on an iPhone. About. Yeah. Yeah. The thing that makes me the angriest about the King's speech is that it took the best picture win away from one of my favorite movies of all time that, again, haven't seen in a while, but I think holds up much better and is actually, again, of the moment in terms of a bunch of megalomaniac tech people with their heads so far up their asses that they uh, wind up taking over the world, the social network. Mm-hmm. Uh, that is my alternate universe pick. I wish it won. I will never forget watching uh, the Oscars with my friends that year and flipping out when the King's Speech won <laughs> over the social <laughs> Oh, that's a night that will live in infamy for sure. But no, that was one of the worst Oscars I had seen in a while. Social Network, what a way to tempt Jason's uh, feelings of music video director David Fincher. Yeah, oh, well, yeah. I, yeah. I like the Social Network. Uh, the the um, fine. The King's, there are other films that might get picked in this episode that are also in the, the King's Speech barrel, but uh, uh, it's definitely in there. So it's, it's the name, the label on the barrel yeah. is named for the King's Speech. <laughs> yes. Yes. It's it's more like, I don't hate this movie, uh, but why would it win an Oscar? Anyway, uh, <laughs> Phil, it's down to you. I want you to cast your mind back to a, a momentous period in, in our history. Mm-hmm. You may have to dig a little bit deep back into the the recesses of time. It was the first time we did an old movie club episode on uh, The Incomparable. Mm -hmm. So young and innocent we were that we actually looked at three movies, and one of them was the best picture for that year. Uh, (laughs) Yes. 1952. Yeah. The greatest show on earth. Cecil B. DeMille made a movie about a circus. Yay! And, Who and a like very the long movie about a circus. And I, I've told the story before. I, when I was a, a young man, I said, well, I'm going to watch every best picture ever. And it just so happened that The Greatest Show on Earth was airing on local TV uh, one Sunday. And it is such a long movie. They broke it up into two weeks. And it was two excruciating weeks <laughs> of terrible motion pictures. <laughs> the only good thing in it is the murderous clown. And then there's the disappointment that he kills no more. Uh, it's a it's a wretched motion picture. It's a it's a soap opera under the big top. But it's a boring soap opera. Where the, the, how are we going to keep putting the circus on? No one cares. Charlton Heston. No one cares about your circus. They make this circus seem like if they don't put on a circus, the Russians are going to march into the like the small towns that they're entertaining and, <laughs> and conquer everyone. That is not going to happen. That would be better. And it, yes, at least then people would, would be entertained. Welcome our Soviet conquerors. At least then I wouldn't have to hear Betty Hutton uh, <laughs> sing a song about jumping jacks. At least then I wouldn't have to see Cornell Wilde pretend to be a, a trapeze artist or uh, uh, the, the the murderous German elephant trainer. Klaus, like, now, you, now your eyes dance with fear for me, for you have fear in your lying <laughs> little heart. No. Lovely lying little. You make me yak. 
nervous. <laughs> now your eyes dance for me. But Every now and again, they try out the greatest show on earth on, on Turner Classic Movies, and they have to do an introduction where they say, well, this film isn't crap. And they, they, it, it's, always, it's always, well, this is a movie that inspired a young Steven Spielberg to get into filmmaking. I think he would have figured it out without the greatest show on earth. <laughs> have you seen this movie more or less than 10 times? I've seen it a lot because each time I expect it to get better. And it doesn't. Now I just you know, watch it to go, ha ha. Yeah. Poor Bart always chooses rock. Yeah. And, and, and this the is... way that it inspired Steven Spielberg to become a filmmaker is that he was so bored he could do nothing else other than his future career. Yeah, I've fallen asleep right. in it twice. I, I don't think I've ever finished it. it. it oh <sighs> my gosh. How let, I... let me let me spoil the ending for you. Nothing happens. They put on a circus. Yay. Yeah. Oh, this circus goes damn on. Damn it. Now I'm There's spoiled. a murder clown, though. Sorry There's to ruin it for you. The clown doesn't kill again. The, um... Wait, Lawrence Tierney is in The Greatest Show on Earth? Yes. Yes. He's the, he's, and he's the best thing about it. Everybody's in The Greatest Show on Earth. He's the mob guy trying to break up the circus. Gloria Graham is the best thing in the greatest show. No, that's true. How okay. dare you, sir? Withdrawn. So, Phil, uh, you 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 get to replace it now. Uh, one of the great musicals of all time and one of the great westerns of all time were both released in 1952. Do you have what is your choice? Tell me. My choice is going to be uh, 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 it's Singing in the Rain, of course, mm. because it is the greatest uh, show on film musical of all time. Indeed, Jason, the true greatest show on earth was all the shows we watched along oh the way that weren't the greatest show on earth. Yeah. No, the, uh, Singing in the Rain may well be the last movie I ever see in a theater because I watched it two nights before uh, quarantine began yeah. uh, <laughs> on, a, on a big screen. It's, it's tremendous. It's lovely. It's vibrant. It makes everyone happy. Yes, High Noon is very good. And yeah, if you've got to stick to the, the list of nominations, that's the one to go with. But literally every nominee, much like David's choice, is better than The Greatest Show on Earth. Um, and they didn't even nominate uh, the, 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 um, the, the, the Lavender Hill Mob, which is one of the, the great yeah. – uh, 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 one of the great comedies of the 1950s. So eh, throw an arrow into the air and you will hit <laughs> – uh, a better movie than The Greatest Show on Earth. Throw an arrow into the air and maybe you'll kill Cecil B. DeMille all over again. I don't care. But uh, watch uh, watch Singing in the Rain and you won't be nearly as hateful as I am. Oh, it's so good on the big screen, too. You really get to see the dancing as it's meant to be oh, seen. Yeah. Oh, it's wonderful. Now, that is a real uh, contrast there. I'll <laughs> just say a real contrast. Um, okay, it's down to me and then we will... Uh, Go around and do one. Uh, we've been, we've been. This has been great. We're gonna have to uh, step up our pace a little bit in round two. But first, let me give you my pick. I take you to the turn of the century, to a film that asked the the, the question in the year two thousand: Are you not entertained? And I responded, No, sir, I am not. Russell Crowe, I am not entertained. I am not entertained by your dumb movie Gladiator. I'm not entertained by the terrible computer-generated Coliseum that you sort of appear to be fighting in. I am not entertained by the sad final computer-generated uh, assisted performance of Oliver Reed. Um, it's uh, Gladiator, Badiator, more like. Uh, yes. Not a good movie. I don't oh, like dang. it. I don't think it's uh, I don't think it's any good. I mean, I don't know what else to say. This isn't one of those where it's like, oh, I appreciate I appreciate nothing about this movie, and was baffled when it was nominated for Best Picture because it's just kind of a crappy movie. <laughs> I'm sorry, it is. I mean, one of Joaquin Phoenix's great line deliveries of all time. I'm vexed, mm -hmm. terribly vexed. <laughs> mm -hmm. 
<laughs> I, I'm not telling tales out of school and saying that Jason and I worked together for like 14 years. Yep. And whenever this movie would come up in conversation, Jason would make a face oh. like someone had had served him a lemon. Yes. And he would just mutter under his breath. Yes, you know who you know who served me a lemon? Ridley Scott served me the lemon. It's Gladiator. Bad 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 Jason, I'm assuming you're gonna be picking the uh seminal Disney film Dinosaur uh, as your uh, alternate pick. I, so uh, there there are a lot of good choices uh that I could make here in terms of replacing it. Uh, but instead, the, the movie tra- the movie traffic <laughs> taught us Dinosaur. that that south of the border everything is film graded yellow. Ooh, we're still doing that apparently. Uh, oh. Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon is a beautiful film that uh, that I had not uh, seen its like of before, and I'm very glad that Ang Lee uh, brought that uh, brought that movie to us, and and it's a beautiful movie. But you know, I'm gonna pick. Uh, a movie from a director who I love a lot and with a great performance in it, and that's Aaron Brockovich by Steven Soderbergh. I love Steven Soderbergh. Um, I like it's not my favorite Steven Soderbergh movie because that's out of sight. But Aaron Bar- Brockovich was nominated for Best Picture, and it is a very, very good movie. And uh, Julia Roberts is good in it. Albert Finney is hilarious in it. Uh, I like that movie a lot. It's a uh, it's it's a great story. Uh, well directed and with that extra Soderbergh kind of seasoning about it. Now I could, uh, so I'm going to pick that one. But really, there are there are oh so many movies I could pick instead of Gladiator. Really, all almost of all of them. So <laughs> except for the X Men movie, that movie sucked. That's all. Mm. Gladiator and uh. Forrest Gump almost always are reissued on home video at about the exact same time, and it it annoys me that both of those movies continue to sell in the numbers that they do. All right. Anyway, take that, Russell Crowe. Take that, handsome guy. Uh, let's go back around. Uh, we'll pick up the pace a little bit and do one more a round of destruction. Uh, and yes, if, if there's a movie that you don't hate, but you really just want to kick it out and use your powers to replace it, you could do that. You could. I, I would encourage you to bring your bitterness and hate and cultivate yes. it and let it become a little <laughs> seed of, of darkness inside your heart. But wow, I didn't know Emperor Palpatine was hosting this podcast. <laughs> His podcast is racing up the charts, Philip. Well, I was just a, I, I was just a senator when this, when this began, but now... Good, good! Yes, indeed. That's the subtitle of this whole episode. Moises, uh, delete a Best Picture winner, please. You know what? That's actually the greatest uh, intro for um, for my pick for this round. That I, I was I was flipping a coin between one or two things, but um, I think I've got to go. Uh, you know, we we look back in history at the uh, legacy of different filmmakers, and there are things that we go, oh, why did that have to win, or why did that person have to win that award? Um, because of of what we know now, mm. and what we know now about Woody Allen uh, mm. makes me unable yeah. to watch Annie Hall, which oh, displays yeah. loads so of the much. grooming behavior. Let it flow through. I was going to get my Woody Allen hate out as well, so go for it. It it, it, <laughs> it all has to go, and obviously, I'm replacing yeah. it with Star Wars. Um, <laughs> and that's that's all I got to say. I uh, yeah, that's I, I like that I like that movie. Uh, it's hard. Yeah, I haven't revisited any of those movies, and I doubt that I ever will. Now there are other movies of his that I liked better than Annie Hall, but that's the one that was prestige enough and in the right mm. moment to win that award. The only but, one I like was mentioned earlier, Zelik. Mm. Mm. Oh, I love that movie. But again, I'm, am I going to watch it again? Nah. I loved so many of them, and I can't go back to them. I haven't watched any Perhaps of them. Perhaps after he is gone. I have really enjoyed Match Point, and. Uh, yeah. That's off the list. All yeah. right, 1977, Annie Hall struck Star Wars. Uh, somebody wake up George Lucas. Uh, <laughs> and tell me he's won. You did it. George. Finally, finally, justice, justice for me. Monty, your turn. I think 
nerds have it too easy these they days. They sure do. <laughs> They've had their revenge. When I grew several up, times. you had to be ashamed of your nerdy <laughs> outlook and such. So that's my introduction for the possibly controversial choice of taking Best Picture away from The Lord of the Rings, Return of the King. Yes! Hear me out. Oh, yes! Oh, yes! Yes! Tell us what it should be. Eat it, You know nerds. how long this movie is? Three and a half hours. You know how Not long much of enough. it is fake endings? The last three and a half hours. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yep. And the weakest of the the weakest of the three. Uh, yes. Yeah. It's yes. got great moments in it for sure. But oh, sure. it's really long. It is really self-indulgent, and its <sighs> legacy is the incredibly self-indulgent Hobbit trilogy. Oh, we take away <laughs> best picture yes. from Return of the King. I don't think the Hobbit trilogy happens and we're all better off. Agreed. It's it's a good choice. I love the Lord of the Rings entirely, but you're right. This one this one is too long. In fact, it feels very much like they just allowed the special extended edition to escape into theaters. And uh, having seen this in a movie theater, I distinctly remember where I was. Uh, we were visiting family. I remember the, that I had to time multiple bathroom breaks because this movie is so long. Uh, and the endings. We we were all about like, like literally. It was like we were doing a, the wave in the theater because people thought that was the end, and they're like, "Oh no, that's not the end." I'll sit back down. It just kept happening. So that's great. What are you replacing it with, Monty? Master and Commander yeah. at the far yep. side of the world. Yeah. Yep. yeah. We should have gotten that franchise. That movie is good as heck. Oh, that movie is, movie is is great. And recently on Twitter, there was a whole uh, thing where somebody made fun of it, and Russell Crowe was like, "No, no, no, that is a great movie." And I agree. I think that is a great movie. Yeah. And and yeah, I wish movie. we had more movies like that. It was it was exciting and very detailed. The guy who complained about Master and Commander said he couldn't make it through ten minutes, and somebody posted a video clip of the minute and a half leading up to the ten minute mark. It's and very it's exciting. incredibly exciting. <laughs> yes. <laughs> So uh, Russell Crowe lost Gladiator, but I'm giving him back uh, Best Picture see? with Master and Command. It's a better he's, movie. He's right there with Zemeckis. Nature heals yeah. itself. Yeah, it's good. All right. Yeah, well we, done. We deserved, we deserved a whole series of, of Aubrey Matcher and Oh, those books yeah. are great. Yeah. And, they're they're so and good. Russell Crowe and Paul Bettany are delightful. Ma- Master and Commander is a better and more exciting adaptation of a beloved book than Return of the King. Yes. Yeah, you know, too. Monty, I, when I was scrolling through the Wikipedia page of Best Picture Winners, I got to this one and I thought, well, that would be a perfectly reasonable. I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do it to Lord of the Rings. <laughs> but I thought, oh, but Master and Commander... And then you did it. So thank you. I was thinking it and you actually made it happen. It's magic. Shelly, what do you uh, what do you have in your sights? So I am going to be on brand, which won't surprise you. And I'm sad that I can't provide a truly contemptuous choice with a counterpoint of a truly, truly single great one. But this is a movie I don't like and I do have some some suggestions. So I'm, I'm sorry I have to tur- turn down the contempt. I apologize. That's but okay. I'm going to go with 1944's Going My Way. Yeah. Bing Crosby, Barry Fitzgerald, Priests, Irishness, because it's a Leo McCary movie, so there's a lot priests, of... Priests, Irishness, thank you. <laughs> you know, it's so much Barry Fitzgerald. Right. Both of those... Th- oh, Barry Fitzgerald, give me a break. Uh, and he won an Oscar, for God's sake. So did Bing Crosby. There were, they got entirely too many awards. And remember, this is in the middle of World War II. This is 1944, so I suppose you could say escapist entertainment. There were several pictures that are far better than than going my way which I'll get to but basically it's the story of uh, lovable priests trying to save a uh, a 
There's child actors in it, by the way, too, Lisa. Just so you know. Ah, no. <laughs> sure are. So I, I want somebody to hate it along with me. She seconds your motion. Mm. That it was bookended by Casablanca and the Lost Weekend. Uh, <laughs> sort of suggestion. You know, that's a for... super good way to look at it. I yeah. had other movies from from 1944, which are are far better. Uh, wouldn't have met necessarily won Best Picture in another year, but I'm going to choose one of them, which is Double Indemnity. Yeah. Uh, yeah. A proto film noir, Billy Wilder at his best. Stanwick, McMurray at his best. I mean, ever that everybody gave their best in this movie it was just tremendous. But here's a, another list: thirty-nine great movie year. But here's a list of other movies from nineteen forty-four that would also have been better than going my way: uh, Laura, uh, Mrs. Skeffington, None But the Lonely Heart. Uh, I mean, Gaslight. Skeffington was robbed. Mm-hmm. I, yeah. I love that movie. I really do. Uh, Gaslight. Pola. Pola. Pola, you're not, you're going crazy, Pola. What is wrong, Pola? Sorry, I have to choose. I don't know why I felt the need to do Charles Boyer, but I did. So that's that's my choice. It's on brand. Very well done. Very well done. Uh, David, back to you. Man, I, narrowing down the hate is so hard. Take that coal, black coal in your heart and make it a diamond. I'm going to pick a movie that's going to piss someone off, I think. Great. I'm going to go to 1976. Oh, God. Because Rocky is just a damn sports underdog movie and he loses. The Bad News Bears does it and does it better. All the other movies that that were up against Rocky are better movies. And Rocky is just there. I mean, you've got all the president's men looking at Watergate. Come on. You've got Network, which accurately predicted all of the TV media of the last, you know, 45 years. You have you have Taxi Driver, which Scorsese becoming Scorsese. Rocky? I mean, it's it's fine. You took my pick, dude. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you, you stop stop drilling. You you struck oil. If that had been the only Rocky Balboa film, okay, maybe maybe I'll give it that. But you know, once you have every movie with someone in his life dying and then he comes back and wins. Uh, uh, you know, I, I look at Rocky as so like it's 1976. It's the American bicentennial. They've just come through Watergate. Why do we want to award a movie which is much better about Watergate <laughs> as best picture? <laughs> Instead, we just want to cheer and run up the steps and bounce around. And drink and, some and, eggs. Yeah, it's a feel good American movie when America needed one. But he loses. It's not but even you only hear that in the background. The That's a thing. It's a know? moral victory, yeah. you know. Yeah. But I would. I just won't go fifteen rounds with your champ. No one's ever going to pick. It's, a, it's about a, it's about a black guy getting punched hey, in the face Paolo, by a white guy. Uh, did you uh, you fight me, Apollo? <laughs> David, what are you what are you replacing it with? Well, you know, it's really hard. I'd almost give it give it as a tie to all the rest of them, but I will I will go with Network because it is so astonishingly prescient. I mean, you can you can watch it yeah. today, and it still feels like he's talking about today, and that's you know all the president's men is the greatest detective story it ever. It absolutely here, is. Here. I mean, if 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 I had my druthers, I'd give it to both of them as a tie. I love both. I had of my that movies. too. It's it's our yeah. draft. We can all right. It's, do what Jason lets it's us. a tie. There have been ties in the Oscars, not for Best Picture, but there have been ties. There have been ties. Uh, all right, Lisa. See you in hell, American beauty. There we yeah. go. <laughs> yeah! I mean, that, that pretty much says it all. Ironically, if you go to hell, American beauty will be playing. Yeah, yeah. Yes, <laughs> on all the screens. <laughs> 
Speaking of movies that feature people that we look at now and go, ooh. <laughs> well, and it's and it's a shame because there are some good performances in there. Chris Cooper does well. Um, Allison Janney sure. walks away with every scene she has. Wes Bentley is riveting in his role. I just hate the protagonist family. Um, I hate the whole... Oh, it's hard to be a white person in the burbs. Eh, my meaning. Um, I don't like Alan Ball's <laughs> overall thing mm-hmm. that he has going on anyway, where mm-hmm. it's basically someone gave Holden Caulfield an executive producer and <laughs> access to a cinematographer and told him to go wild. And, <laughs> and the story ultimately says nothing. It's dumb and terrible. Dare, and dare I say, it lives in the King's speech bucket. Oh, yeah, no. Yeah. And the Mina Savari stuff is especially icky. Yep. And, um, you know, so I'm not here for that either. It's just... The- I think, Lisa, the special dispensation mm-hmm. is that every time you and I are out and we see a um, a trash bag blow by, <laughs> you, will, you will say in a West Duty voice, sometime life is so beautiful. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh, I was going to say, but the plastic bag so meaningful and like the thing is it was a really the best picture nominees for that year are pretty weak because the cider house rules is just gloppy excessive sentimentality and you know it's based off of not even your best john irving work exactly thank you that's what i was getting to is it's not the best john irving work and the best picture of 1999 wasn't nominated for an oscar lisa yes no because if it were up to me i could nuke the board and start over and it would be the matrix yes Sure. You sniped my negative and my positive. Thank you. (laughs) Speaking of influential movies. Exactly. It rewrote the visual vocabulary in filmmaking. And that is something that only happens if you're lucky, you get to see it two or three times over the course of like when your fact, when your wits are about you and you're watching movies, but it, it forced such a different perspective in in movie making. It changed how you look at action sequences. It changed your sense of timing and pacing in movies. Um, And it's kind of ridiculous to me that all of the best picture nominees leaned into like the, the, the treacliest and the whiniest and the least consequential and the most dull and workmanlike facets of filmmaking. When you had this thing that, drop like a neutron bomb on the film scene and has completely changed the way everyone has had to level up their game in everything from a film's look and feel to the physical choreography, to the fight scenes, to the way it's shot, to the timing and the pacing. I Not only was I going to literally pick the exact same thing, I think you nailed it. I think that is a great choice. Thank you for doing that. Um, Steven, it's your turn. Well, Monty has crudely uh, taken a, uh, an Oscar win away from the Lord of the Rings franchise, uh, so I'm going to hand one back to him. <gasps> uh, so I am picking. Uh, I'm I'm ousting ousting Chicago, uh, the <gasps> loudest, awfulest musical I've had to watch. I have another oh, name for it. I can't no. say it. Yeah, I, other than I the first that. half of it is. Is is followed by Sandwich and Spinal Tap. Um, <laughs> I just hated that movie so much. I worked at a TV station and I had to watch it. I think, why? Why am I having to watch this? It's just it's giving me a headache. This musical, uh, it, obviously, Two Towers should have won. I think I, I agree. I, I think Return of the King is the least best of the trilogy. Um, 
you get the feeling that the academy was sort of going. Uh, we tell you what, we'll give you all we'll give you all the awards to uh, at the end for the last one. Uh, but basically, we'll just give some other awards to other f- films now because it's going to be that that successful. And so that's why Two Towers didn't win. I think it's my favorite one. I actually didn't like Fellowship when it first came out. Then I saw Two Towers and then watched Fellowship again and got into it. I think it's a magnet. It, it's a for a middle chapter as well. You know, not every film can in the middle of a trilogy can can hope to be as good as Empire Strikes Back. But I feel Two Towers really, really is, uh, and so I'm I'm giving the Oscar that year for, to uh, to the Two Towers. Um, and then and then maybe you wouldn't have had to put up with all those uh, extended farewells and Return of the King. We could give it to <laughs> what I think is probably the best movie of the trilogy. Peter Jackson, congratulations again. <laughs> If this were before the year at the Oscars where the producers of Chicago honored their own movie during the broadcast, I would would be more inclined to be like, oh, poor Chicago. Nah, screw Chicago. I I saw Chicago because, you know, hey, big Broadway musical. They've tried to do this forever. Bob Fosse never made the movie. Let's see what it is. Oh, it's garbage. And, you know, imagine it might have actually been good if they had, you know, cast actresses who can sing and dance. Like real actresses who can sing in there. How dare you say that about Catherine Zeta Jones? <laughs> point, sort of taken. Chicago, oh. Chicago is my favorite musical. I've never seen the movie because I like to enjoy yeah. the things I like. Yeah. I like Queen Latifah. She's in the, the movie. only oh, good thing wonderful. in it. She's the only good thing in it. She can sing. Uh, the, yes. Yeah, she yeah. Can sing. She's got a to, presence. To be fair. To be fair. Riley. I felt sorry for Renee Zellweger through that whole movie. Yeah. Yeah. I was just like, this is cruel what you've done to her. And <laughs> it is not her fault. Well, she couldn't no, see. But... She was squinting the whole time. <laughs> she had it coming. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, Brian, what do you have? <laughs> A little bit of draft strategy here. Okay. The King's Ooh. Speech was the movie I was most scared would be sniped by somebody else. So I picked that first. This movie is the movie that actually makes me the angriest of any of the best picture movies I've seen. Do it. Yes. (laughs) When I first saw a trailer for this film, I thought it was a fake trailer someone on the internet had stitched together of parts of other (laughs) movies. And I was like, ha, this is ridiculous. Why would Guillermo del Toro make a spinoff of Abe Sapien? (gasps) Gasp. Huh. (laughs) And so The Shape of Water, when I finally saw it, I was like, oh, this will be fine. I like Guillermo del Toro. Oh my god. What? They do what together? <laughs> Paddington's mom, no! You see Brian you see Brian when Paddington's mom and Abe Sapien love each other very, very much. much. Yeah. And then it was nominated for Best Picture, and I thought, ah, oh, that's great. That's great. That's really cute. They're finally giving Guillermo del Toro a little bit of Oscar love since Pan's Labyrinth. I love that movie. I love Guillermo del Toro in general. And then it won. I don't see how you can say that and hate this movie that I, much. I, I don't either, but let, let's let Brian have his hate. I'm letting, love, Brian, I'm letting Brian tell his story. I love this The Shape is, of Water, but it's fine, Brian. You got, the, you got the controls here, man. You do what you need to do. I don't give a single crap about any character in this movie whatsoever. I tried to. I really wanted to be invested. If anything, if anything, just the people surrounding Sally Hawkins helping her out gave me more of an emotional thrill than watching Sally Hawkins pine after this monster. She's and kind of I like was the Emily just... Watson of the movie where she just like looks stunned most of the time. See, honestly, <sighs> I'll put up with anything for a movie with a big, cool movie theater that somebody somehow lives in. <laughs> I'll watch it again. Maybe my mind will be changed. <laughs> but, but when you're watching again, it again, keep in mind, Hairspray is happening in the same 
city at the at same the time. At the same time. <laughs> yep. Now that's oh, headcanon. Baltimore Cinematic Universe. Wow. And my anger was even worse when I looked at the meta game of the Oscars and realized that The Shape of Water winning took away the Oscar win from, I think, one of the most important movies of the last 10 years, Get Out. Mm. Again, there was no chance of Get Out actually winning for sure. The Academy hates horror movies, unless it's Sound of, of Lambs, I guess. But Get Out deserved <laughs> yeah. a win over Shape of Water. So uh, someone get Jordan Peele. He has won an Oscar. I think, wake him up. Wake up, Jordan mm-hmm. Peele. Uh, that, yeah. I think that's a great choice. I, wake I up, like Jordan Peele, water, and but... tell him that Dunkirk won. So. <laughs> 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 yeah, like, I, I would no. totally give it to Get Out, but I, I like The Shape of Water. Yeah. Yeah, but you uh, know, my, my my rage is ameliorated because now Jordan Peele has an Oscar, yeah, so yeah. That, that's it's okay, yeah, Brian. It's all right. At least, at least, at least, you didn't give it to three billboards outside of Ebbing, Missouri. Oh, yeah. I oh God, no. I would have driven hey, to wherever you are. And I knew I was in the minority with this one, which is why mm-hmm. this was my second round pick. Yeah. No one was going to take this. Movie no, but I mean, you, you hated it. more than both Crash and Braveheart. So good for you, Brian. Phil mentioned the great film. All the President's Men. I'll just point out that one of the other Best Picture nominees in 2017, another film about that same era called The Post. Oh, God. Oh, God, that is so terrible. It's not that a good movie. Mm, no. no. Remember that scene where Bob Odenkirk <laughs> and David Cross are both there and that is feel the weirdest weird episode and of Mr. Show ever. <laughs> ever. <laughs> and, and plus, the ending of it is basically, well, we'll never have to investigate President Nixon again. And then they immediately cut to the, the Watergate complex and they're all, or will we? <laughs> Next time on The Post. See, see, <laughs> and then an know. ad comes up to subscribe to The Washington Post. I, I, I don't know if you, you guys know this, but I, I've, I've known Phil a very long time. And any Time the post comes up, you just wind them up and watch them go. Man, woo, it's good stuff. <laughs> I watched that film on a flight from Hawaii, and I begged the pilot to fly us into the <laughs> volcano. <laughs> uh, Phil, it is your choice now. Uh, you get to you get to change Seems history. Like an overreaction. <laughs> Speaking of disasters, uh-huh. <laughs> at this point, Jason, I want you to put Celine Dion in the background. <laughs> Okay. Hang on, let me get my penny whistle. The year is, uh, well, for me, it's 1998 because I'm slow in getting to cinemas. <laughs> get off my ass. So it's 1998. I'm in a movie theater. I'm seeing the most popular movie of all time, Titanic. And it has been two hours of the most excruciating blather. And... The 32-ounce soda that they sell at the movie theater is beginning to wear on my bladder. And yet, we're reaching the part of the movie that is actually interesting. So I'm all, oh, God, I got to tough it out. Problematically, Titanic features lots of people drowning in water. Not the kind of movie you need to see when you are white-knuckling the seat of a cinema just trying to not wet yourself as you are waiting for for something anything to justify the enthusiasm people have for this picture and it never comes it's 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 the most um outside of uh gone with the wind rightly picked by by moises earlier it is the film which has the highest awards and recognition to actual value ratio (laughs) that it's just out of whack it's 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 not a good movie, no, and uh, but because you know the ending, yes. So go yeah. in. So my my one of my favorite uh, jokes by Philip Michaels of all time <laughs> was his summary of Titanic, which was <laughs> surprise ending ruins otherwise pleasant boat movie. <laughs> 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 oh, 
Imagine not knowing what happens on the Titanic, and you're like, yes. but, but no, what, 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 iceberg, huh? But there were people around me tearing up, and and I'm all, but th- th- yes, it's very sad that these made up people are dying, and that one of them won't die, and we'll just go, oh well, I'll still be alive and throw a jewel over yeah. the side of a boat. It's it's and, the definitive go to a movie that the person that you're there with is responding to very emotionally and going, oh yeah, I am also very emotionally affected by this <laughs> so as to not come off like a monster. Yeah, no, I've I've never I've never been able to pull that off because once I went to go see I Because once, you are a monster. Yeah, I am a monster. And I once went to go Doctor. see ghosts specifically because oh this girl I fancy likes wants to see ghosts. And so what do you think of ghosts? I said it was Terrible. <laughs> there would be there would be no tender kisses on Phil's forehead yeah. that night, no sir. Uh, <laughs> by the way, uh, Titanic. The the you mentioned the lady who throws the jewel into the ocean at the end. Literally, you go for three hours to get to the big moment, and it's as if she it she's like ah, and she just kind of <laughs> just kind of chucks it, and it's like the most anticlimactic uh, tossing of a jewel into the North Atlantic that you will ever see. Also, the I rooted one. for her to go over after the jewel, and that would have been a suitable. So, ending. while I give James Cameron credit credit for the drama of can I make it to this movie through this movie without a bathroom break, uh, probably not his intended thing. <laughs> not the best picture of 1997. No, the winner should be L.A. Confidential, an actual yes. good movie that yes. is yes, um, yes, 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 excellent noir with excellent performances. Uh, it is some from problematic people that we don't like to see on screen anymore. But he dies <laughs> horribly, three, so it's good. Bad, so, yeah, two out of three. <sighs> I'd like to pile on Titanic one little bit more. Yes, please, okay, please do. Please. Gloria do. Stewart got a nomination for Best Actress in a Supporting Role for uh, what? Being a hundred. Be, yeah. Not yeah, for being in yes. the movie. Yep. Thank you for, for making us alive. feel good about our industry. <laughs> we don't kill <sighs> people. James Cameron is so bad at writing women that it's the only other female role in the movie of any substance. Yeah, that's true. Nagging mother. It's yeah. very true. Yes. I like this movie. I think it's fun to watch. I enjoy Titanic too. I think it's a good movie, but it's fine. Yeah, like I, I totally get the 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 anger at Titanic for James Cameron's hubris that resulted from it um, alone. Um, you know, I, I enjoy the movie. I think it's well made. Yeah. Uh, it's, yeah, it's one of his, it's fine. Movies. It's fine. It's just not good. It's fine. It's a fine movie. I harbor a lot more anger for other best picture winners from the nineties yeah. though. So, all right. Uh, I'm going to wrap this up with my choice. Now there is a movie that is a best picture winner. I dislike it. I don't, I don't hate it. There are other movies that I've hated much more than, than, than this movie, but I can't pick it. And here's why I can't pick it. While I deeply dislike Birdman from 2014, a movie that uh, teaches you life life lessons like uh, actors are wacky, critics are bad, but maybe lovingly bad. Um, When girls are bored, they kiss each other and suicide can be funny. Ha ha. Uh, The problem I have with Birdman is I don't know what I would replace it with. Obviously, the Grand Budapest Hotel. There, Jason Pickett. Pick it, pick uh, I'm not, well, it's not going to happen because I, I haven't I haven't seen it. But what I want to tell you about this is in 2010, the King's Speech won Best Picture. And you know what everybody said? Oh, man, I want to be in the King's Speech barrel. I want to be in there. And so among the other Best Picture nominees that lost to Birdman are two that are living in the King's Speech barrel, Theory of Everything and Imitation Game. They are both... Mm. I, I defy you movie, to tell me they, they yeah. are not the King's Speech. They are the same damn movie. Mm-hmm. 
<laughs> but no, I'm going to do something a little bit different, which is I'm going to go back to 1981, where there was a movie yes, yes, that had a yes, hit. Yes. Oh, no. Oh, no, nope, we're going to fight. Do, 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 we're going to scrap That knuckles. was one of the ones I was going to do. <laughs> no, you're both going to you're both going to get punched. A very nice movie about people running that involves a pulsating <laughs> yeah. score oh, by Matt Jellison. That was the most amazing involved. opening. What are you it talking is a, about? It is a oh, lovely how film. Dare you. But uh but it but it it, but it came out, uh, I'm not going to say, t- again, I don't dislike Chariots of Fire, but it came out the same year as Raiders of the Lost Ark. And guess what? Raiders of the Lost Ark just won Best Picture. And that ends our draft. <laughs> I also, I, I, and I'll go around really quickly. If you've got any others you want to throw on the fire. I, I mentioned Birdman. I'll also mention in 1984, Amadeus, a movie people like. Oh my God. I fell asleep is, is during. Is this part of the podcast specifically designed to <laughs> for me? Yes. I'm okay, I wait, fell... wait. How do we get to the end of the podcast and Dances with Wolves still has best picture? Uh, yeah, I'm going to express when, my when rage. When Goodfellas should done. have. Uh... Dances with Wolves, I don't hate, but Goodfellas should have won. Amadeus yeah. is not a movie I dislike, but it did make me fall asleep. I don't <laughs> fall asleep in movies, and I passed yeah. out during Amadeus. And also, by 1984. Ghostbusters, Purple Rain, and might I say, break into Electric Boogaloo! <laughs> electric Boogaloo! Oh, Ghostbusters and Amadeus. Yeah, they're very similar. <laughs> oh, man, you put those on a scale and you can't have put a bird feather on either one and, and change the weight. So Amadeus oh, loses it and, and Electric Boogaloo is in there. Uh, anyway, um, let's uh, bring out uh, your dead uh, Moises. Uh, very, very quickly, Moises, what else uh, was on your hit list? Uh, so I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to go, uh, yeah, uh, Dances with Wolves, replace it with Goodfellas. Yeah. Uh, platoon mm-hmm. replace it with a room with a view green book replace it with black panther for a thousand yes. reasons yes. Replace it with yes. anything as i yep. said replace yep. replace birdman with grand budapest hotel sure uh go back to 2005 get rid of crash replace it with Brokeback mountain um you know what would be a hmm. better best picture than a beautiful mind just about anything but moulin rouge in particular um who needs Braveheart when you can have apollo 13 yep. yeah uh, driving miss daisy i just really hate and i i had trouble coming up with a pick and i knew it was so far down my list we would get to it so i was like i don't know glory glory why why not um and then uh my my uh lion's towers and shields pick would have been 1948's hamlet yes uh which has one of those interminable Laurence olivier performances <laughs> yes he was a great actor but i i i almost prefer mel gibson's delivery of some of those <laughs> soliloquies and i would have replaced it with the red shoes yes! one of the great movies of all time all right good choice monty um, I would take Spotlight and throw it in the trash and replace it with Fury Road. Yeah! Come on, Mad Max. Mad Max. Way Sorry. more cinematic. Uh, I think Kramer versus Kramer is boring. I get it. They get divorced. And this year also has Apocalypse <laughs> Now and Breaking Away. What are you doing? Uh, Patton is good fun. But if you're going to watch a war movie from that year, I say MASH is better than Patton. And Does I not thought hold up well. <laughs> and I thought Tom Jones was boring, and I liked Cleopatra, so I want to give Cleopatra the best picture. Ooh, that's a All right. that's a spicy pick. It's the most picture, mm. Shelley. So I will replace Out of Africa with the color purple. Yes. Um, Around the World in 80 Days, a Giant or the Ten Commandments. I had a tradesies where Cecil B. DeMille was so disappointed, and I knew he was going to lose for Greatest Show on Earth, so I was going to give it to him for Ten Commandments. And then I thought about it, and I like Giant better, so it's going to win. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, the obvious, the one that I, when, I, when I thought that this draft was more about what do you like versus uh, what, you, what, what should have won versus what did win, how green was my valley replaced with Citizen Kane, of course. And uh, last but not least, uh, you can't take it with you. Let's just give it uh, to Alexander's <gasps> Ragtime Band. No. 
But all right. I love you can't take it with you. David. <laughs> I I didn't pick alternates for all of these, which is why I didn't put them in the main main thing. But you know, the English patient. I looked at my watch. Fargo. That's your alternate. Yeah. I looked at my yep. watch one hour into the English patient and only fifteen minutes had gone by. I had aged four years by the time it was done. <laughs> Um, I would I would replace Crash with Good Night and Good Luck. Um, I would uh, I'm I'm still amazed that Love Story was nominated in 1970. I that that was just mind boggling to me. Um, but yeah, you can't take it with you. Hamlet. I would switch for the Red Shoes. Ben Hur. My Fair Lady. <laughs> yeah. My Fair Lady. When you have Beckett and Doctor Strangelove. I mean, My yeah. Fair Lady is the better London musical that year, but. Mm. Let's see. Shakespeare in Love. I like Tom Stoppard, but and and I like Shakespeare in Love, but no, Elizabeth is a much better film. Uh, let's see. Kramer versus uh, you sniped mine. <laughs> Kramer versus Kramer. <laughs> I would have picked all that jazz. Uh, Goodfellas, Apollo thirteen. Yeah, I would have picked those. Um, and West Side Story, and The Hustler. West Side Story does not mm. really hold up well either, but The Hustler is Greek tragedy in a oh. pool room, and it's brilliant. I will meet you outside, <laughs> sir. Um, the Departed. <laughs> the Departed can just die in a fire. Go away. It's not even as good as the original uh, Infernal Affairs. Calm down. Um, calm down, David. Calm down. <laughs> but but yeah, and, and Chariots of Fire with Raiders of the Lost Ark. That wasn't even hard. Lisa. What do you have left? All right. So like I said, um, English patient should be replaced by Fargo. I'm in agreement that there, um, in 1998, two Elizabethan movies enter the theater. Only one is allowed to win, and that is Elizabeth. Um, 1983, Terms of Endearment. Nice, weepy movie. But honestly, it should have been the right stuff. Yep. Good choice. Um, right. To reel it back a few decades, um, I think in 1946 is the best years of our lives, was largely a sentimental winner. And people were sniffing the people were sniffing the patriotism bouquet a little bit too much. Uh, should have been "It's a Wonderful Life" instead, honestly, because I think that's a little bit more honest depiction of uh, what the boys overseas were fighting for. To be honest with you, and um, my other classic picks, which Shelley can either agree with or not, um, <laughs> I we're think, zero for one so far. <laughs> I, okay. I would have fought somebody if they picked Gentleman's Agreement. So, you know. no, well, I, no. I, I, yeah, no I think. I think 1949, all the king's men won, but honestly, I think a letter to three wives is yeah, yeah. totally yeah. more entertaining, and that should have been the best picture. Um, I think Anatomy of a Murder should have beat Ben Hur yep. in yep. 1959. 100%. Sure, yep. actually, there are a couple in that year, but that's a, a good a one. sketch on a napkin should have beaten. That was a good. That was a good year. Yeah, <laughs> and and yeah, I'm gonna pick Breaking Away over Kramer versus Kramer. I think Breaking Away actually holds up better as a movie and as a reflection of a specific time and place. The performances are great. Lot, lots of um, uh, lots of uh, Kramer versus Kramer had its Oscar taken away three times in this segment. Amazing. <laughs> that that is that is one hell of a divorce settlement right there. All right, Stephen. It's funny how uh, the Oscars have gotten race for wrong for so many years and decades. Uh, <laughs> I think Shelley mentioned 1985. Uh, co- the color purple was nominated 11 times and didn't win a single one. Uh, the one that I the the one year that I was going to cite, but I haven't seen either of the years was 1989. Driving Miss Daisy won instead of Do the Right Thing, which is a movie about you know race oh in Brooklyn and yeah. black and everything. The only the instead they chose to honor. A film set in the time when when black people drove old white ladies around, and that was just great. And the only nomination for acting in Do the Right Thing is 
Danny Aiello, Danny who's Aiello, a white yeah. guy. White guy. <laughs> yeah. Terrible. You know, that that poor Italian pizzeria owner, oh, he really no. got it rough. The real victim. Yeah, so uh, so they were really behind the times there. Uh, I chose, uh, I know it was mentioned elsewhere, but uh, My Fair Lady, no, Doc, Dr. Strangelove, yes. Uh, I would have chosen Back to the Future, honestly, <laughs> for 1985 instead of Out of Africa. Uh, the Fellowship of the Ring, I'm giving The Lord of the Rings a hat trick. Uh, it beat a beautiful mind in my world. Uh, David mentioned Good Night and Good Luck. Oh, what a beautiful period piece that is. Uh, I would. Uh, it's not an easy watch, but boy, is United 93 a very good movie. Uh, and I feel it's my favorite. It's tough to say that's a favorite film, but uh, I think it probably should have beat The Departed in 2006. And uh, I echo Monty, Mad Max Fury Road is one of the great cinematic achievements. I'm honestly surprised that the uh, Academy had the gumption to give it as many Oscars as it did for that. But I think they should have gone one more and given it Best Picture. Mm. All right, Brian. 2007, I love No Country for Old Men, but give it to There Will Be Blood. Uh, 2008, Slumdog Millionaire, it's fine. Give it to The Dark Knight. No. Uh, 2009, Hurt Locker, it's fine. Uh, (laughs) Give it to uh, Inglorious Bastards. We know over 2010, Tom Hooper. (laughs) Absolutely not. (laughs) I like that Hurt Locker meant James Cameron's ex-wife won Best Picture in front of Avatar. That's right. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, that's too much justice. (laughs) 2011, give the artist to, I don't know, Kung Fu Panda 2. <laughs> wow. 2014, Birdman. Yes, Grand Budapest Hotel deserves to win over Birdman. Yeah. And Great. 2019, thank God Parasite won in 2019. It's our final best picture ever, I guess. And it was a good one. We went on the high note. <laughs> <laughs> and oppression. All right, down. that's it. That's the podcast. We're done. Shut it down. Shut it down. Uh, Phil. Yeah. So this is going to be my section of didn't see it, don't want to. I I haven't seen Ordinary People, don't want to, because Raging Bull was the better movie to come out that year. I don't have to see it. Uh, 1990... Uh, with uh, people have mentioned Dances with Wolves, both Goodfellas and Miller's Crossing came out that year. Those are one, two in my favorite films of all time. Mm-hmm. Oh, boy. Yeah, so, so uh, no. Uh, thank you, uh, whoever mentioned 2006 and The Departed. Oh, finally, Scorsese gets an award for his most mediocre picture. <laughs> Great. Um, yeah, I hated yeah, that. It's, it's, oh. it, it ain't good. Um, you know, that, I, haven't seen, <laughs> I haven't seen the artist, but... Uh, uh, I'm going to give it to Moneyball because I'm in Moneyball. Yeah, so that's, a, that's an award winner. And I would like to replace the host of The Incomparable with someone who appreciates the brilliance of both Chariots of Fire and Amadeus, two of the best movies of the 1980s. And if you're going to take away Chariots of Fire's Oscar, at least give it to Atlantic City, which might have been the best picture to come out that year. Thank you. Yeah, I enough. yield my time to the idiot. <laughs> Have you chosen a replacement host? Was Phil? was Phil acting out Amadeus? Because I think I fell asleep in the middle of that too. <laughs> oh, 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 Salieri oh. goes down. No, I'm acting out Amadeus because the because un, the unworthy man gets all the credit and praise. <laughs> <laughs> we did it, everybody. We did it. Whatever this was, we did it, and now it's over. I'd like to thank my panelists for being here, Moises Chuyan. Thank you. We did it, Jason. We fixed cinema. We did it. Monty Ashley, thank you. You're welcome, and so are the listeners. <laughs> Shelly Brisbane, thank you. I don't want to be in the American Beauty Barrel. 
<laughs> no, it's not a good barrel. No, it's the King's Speech Barrel. We're going to call it just the King's Speech Barrel. Sorry, I just I just transmogrified. Um, it's the same. It's a different American Beauty barrel. doesn't have a barrel. It's just got a plastic right. bag. I'm sorry. A plastic it's bag. So it doesn't even deserve a barrel. Suburbia is a barrel, you guys. And it's a barrel we're all caught in. <laughs> David J. Laura, thank you. Uh, thank you. I just, I want to know who's going to replace the streaker behind David Niven. <laughs> Lisa Schmeiser, thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> I was going to try to find an Oliver quote, and I was like, I can't. Cool, all of it. What's this now? Oh, Papa. Could I have some more, please? Yes. Uh, Stephen Schapansky, thank you. One of my earliest memories was crying when E.T. lost out to Gandhi, so I feel like uh, it is all culminated mm. in this moment, so thank you. <laughs> Gandhi, good movie. Didn't get didn't get de, uh, de-rezzed here. Because that's no, a good movie, no. Gandhi. I just watched that the other, uh, like last year. It's really good. It is. My six-year-old self was wrong. <laughs> Brian Hamilton, thank you. This was a well-made podcast. <laughs> and uh, here to accept the goodbye for Philip Michaels is Sashin Littlefeather. <laughs> <laughs> You know, in the words of George C. Scott, Jason, you're dead to me. (laughs) And thanks to everybody out there for listening to this episode. You better listen to it quick because there's probably an episode coming up where we delete this one from history and replace it with a better one. But until then, goodbye, and we will see you next time.